Hey, do you constantly struggle with marketing? Well, let me help you take some load off your shoulders. Using Clinic Gym Connect, our new software product, we can help you market to clients in an easy way. And that is, why not just hit up reactivating your old patients? See, these are people that already know you, like you, and trust you and want to come in. And if you just reach out many times, they will say like, I'm so glad you called. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. Just listen to two of our users, Dr. Carsonani from Capital Sports Medicine and his office manager, Mark, talk about this very concept. One of the things that I really measured has been my past patient reactivations. And it's easy to rattle off anywhere between five and 10 past patient reactivations in a week. Then you don't need to market nearly as much. We saw an impact almost right off the bat. I've gotten more than a few where it's like, oh, I'm so glad you called. Like, I saw your text, sorry to reach back out, but it turns out this weekend I went hiking, I went golfing, I did this, I did that, and I tweaked my hip, leg, arm. And it's such a coincidence you reached out. Like, I need to come in. Thanks so much for reaching out. And the first time I was like, all right, that was a coincidence. And then it started happening two and three and four times. And I was like, all right, so sometimes you're putting yourself in a position to be lucky with this. That makes things a whole lot easier, right? When you're just working with clients who have already been into your office. Why struggle with marketing to new people when you've got a ton of money sitting there in your EHR of patients that have already come in? And just like Mark said, it's super easy and people appreciate it so much. To do this, just check out clinicgymconnect.com. Again, that's clinicgymconnect.com. Or hit me up, email me, hit me up on Facebook, whatever it takes. I want to get you set up. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist that believes in exercise, wants to make some money, and wants to provide the absolute best care for your patients? Well, then you are in the right place. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio, where we talk about the Clinic Gym hybrid model, which is combining the best parts of healthcare with active care and fantastic exercise programs to get patients the best care they can while helping you make more money in this game. This is Clinic Gym Radio, and I'm Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm excited for you to be here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, as always, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm. Uh, it's my pleasure today to be joined by Bryce Henson. Bryce, how are you? Uh, Dr. Josh, I am fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Really excited to be here. Awesome. I think uh, Bryce is the guy that brings some energy. So if you're listening uh, uh, and you're driving, make sure that you monitor your speed because he might have you driving 95 miles an hour on your way to drop the kids off at school. So Probably, probably uh, a good recommendation. <laughs> You know, sometimes there's songs that do that to me. Like, I remember I had this soundtrack, uh, Last of the Mohicans. I don't know if you remember that movie from 100 years ago, but... Oh, yeah. Whatever whatever it was about that song, every time I played it in my car, I would find myself driving, like, way too fast. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I better slow down. Yeah. Uh, so, Bryce, you are from, you know, I know you from Fit Body Boot Camp, which, uh, for those listeners who may have heard of it, may not have, uh, maybe there's a Fitbody in their town, but give a, can you give everybody a little idea what is Fitbody Bootcamp and kind of what role does it play in the fitness world? Yeah, no, absolutely. So Fitbody Bootcamp, we are the largest or I guess uh, fastest growing indoor fitness franchise um, in North America. And uh, we have hundreds of locations uh, here in North America, primarily based, or I guess we're based in the Los Angeles area, but uh, 90% of our locations are in the States and about 10% in Canada. And really what we provide is high intensity interval training, really personal training in a group setting. And we mm-hmm. get our clients twice the results um, in half the time, which is really uh, our claim to fame with our 30 minute session. So that just gives you an overall framework. Um, I am the CEO, but I started as an owner, a coach, a janitor, and kind of worked my through, uh, way up. So have a lot of perspective in the brand. Yeah, man. 
you might have said that out of order. You said uh, coach, owner, comma, janitor. It might have been janitor first, coach second, and when there was time, ownership stuff, right? That's it. There, there you yeah. go. Yeah, well, I love that story uh, because I think there are a lot of people just like you. You know, you were playing the role of coach and trying to grow. A lot of our listeners are a single physical therapist, single chiropractor, doing all the work, all the patient care. Then they're doing the billing. Then they're trying to somewhere fit in the bookkeeping and the, you know, maintenance of a website and everything. Um, when I don't, I would imagine I'm. I don't know your backstory, but did you start out just as like a independent trainer at a big box gym, or did you start out with a fit body? Like, how did it go for you? Yeah, well, I guess I'll story tell a little bit. Um, yeah. I'm originally from the Midwest. Great place, amazing people, really great upbringing, but not the fitness capital of the world. So uh, there I was, 21 years old, graduated from uh, Michigan State. Uh, I, Taco Bell was the staple and fast food is a staple in my diet. So I was not a fit guy, uh, but ultimately moved to LA and I, California, the palm <laughs> trees, the blue skies, the beaches, but also the plastic capital of the world. So yeah. um, there I was without very per, any professional skills um, whatsoever, 3000 miles from home. As much as I was excited to be there, I had a lot more dark days than good. If I'm being very candid, um, fortuitous situation happened to me. A good buddy of mine from college moved out West, actually uh, ended up he lived in Moore Park, which we were just chatting offline, yeah. very close to where he grew up. And he was not on the cover of Men's Health, but he could have been. And he was in incredible shape and he really took me under his wing. Um, in a period for about two years, we trained together, but really for about six months, he gave me an intensive look on fitness, circuit training, nutrition, but most importantly, uh, coaching and accountability. Because Dr. Josh, I would love to look you in the eye and say, without his help, I would have been able to do it, but I just can't do that. So in any case, uh, you know, went through his tutelage, became a fit guy. Um, then uh, decided, hey, I didn't actually think I could make fitness as a full-time focus, but I thought, okay, I can help some people on the nights and weekends as a trainer. So I got certified through National Academy of Sports Medicine. I believe I updated my Facebook profile to certified personal trainer. And this gentleman named Bedros Koulian, who's it turns out is the founder of Fit Body Bootcamp, a business partner, a dear friend of mine and a mentor, ended up serving me ads on how to grow a fitness business and how to get clients better results. So I followed along his list for you know quite some time actually. And and I uh, can't believe 10 years ago in early 2012, when I wanted, I knew I wanted, you know, was meant for something more, wanted to kind of, you know, blaze my own path. So I started, you know, paying a little bit more attention to the Fit Body Bootcamp brand and ended up investing my life savings, uh, becoming a uh, owner in the first location in Orange County, California. And that was really my start in the fitness industry. So I had some, you know, experience, you know, personal training clients and nights and weekends, but I really, after I did enough diligence, really was a fit guy for about a half a decade before I took that leap of faith, but I opened my first location, which is really my, probably my, my biggest start within the industry. So, so you, uh, <laughs> your business, uh, your fitness business was basically, you threw a football in the park with your buddy and then you stepped onto an NFL field and said, let's do this guys. Right. Like that, that's maybe, a, that's maybe you stepped on a yeah, <laughs> Michigan state football team. I don't know NFL, but you kind of went for it hard and fast, uh, early on, huh? I did. And in fairness, I mean, I did my diligence. I, I was doing research and I had a successful sales career actually because of my fitness. I was uh, pre previous to my transformation. I was the, the lowest performing sales rep in the company. And within a year, I became the highest uh, performing sales rep in the company. So I had a lot of factory and salt passion for what really it did for me. And I researched the model for about two years before taking that leap of faith. But to your point, uh, Dr. Joss, once I took that leap of faith, I mean, I just went two feet in and probably bit off a little bit more than I could chew. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it all, it all worked out in the end. Yeah. Well, let's go back. I, 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 we all love an inspirational underdog story. And you just mentioned you were the lowest performer at your company. And you went through a transformation, which 
you know, I, I know from owning a fitness facility myself, and I'm sure you've seen this, that's not an uncommon story when somebody decides to get after it with fitness. It spills over into so many other aspects of their life. So take us back there. What were you doing? And, you know, what was the, maybe like, give us an insight to, I hate to say it, you at your lowest. And then when did you first notice a change? You know, was it two weeks in, two months in, eight months in? Like, how long did it take to you were like, hey, I'm not going to settle for this crappy performance anymore? Yeah, no, great question. And that's an all question I always get out of time for, for new clients saying, Bryce, you know, looking, I don't know if I can afford fitness. And my response is, you can't not afford to this. This is really the gateway drug to a better life, like top to bottom, whether it be physically, financially, spiritually. Uh, so for me, um, it, it hit a low point. You know, like I said, I moved to California. I was excited to be here, but, you know, I lack confidence and self-esteem and vibrancy and the energy that you hit on. I certainly probably had that factory installed, but it wasn't present. And, uh, and actually, I'm going to give you a vulnerable story. It was, um, I was in my early 20s. This is right around the time before I actually took that leap of faith in terms of my transformation. And I was at a pool party with some of my buddies. And one of my buddies, like, you know, guys in their 20s do like to give each other a hard time. And he called out on the other side of the pool. He's like, Bryce, it looks like you have islands for nipples. And I stopped for a second. And I'm like, I don't really know what that means. And actually, in hindsight, I think he was getting at I had an undeveloped chest. But at the end of the day, that was not a very comfortable thing to hear. And certainly, sure. I was embarrassed and frustrated. And it got to a pain point that 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 uh, that pain point really was a driver for me to to think. Okay, I thought about fitness for a while and living with a guy that became fit. But at that point, I was like scared actually to even broach the question. Hey, buddy, you know Adam, can you show me a little bit about fitness? But really, that that lit the torch. And when I did, I finally mustered up enough courage to say, Adam, can you show me a little bit about you know lifting weights and you know how you eat and this fitness thing? And he said, Bryce, I can and I will. But he, but he did something very, very uh, beneficial to me, even though at the moment I didn't fully understand. But he said, you looked around and like dozens of guys always asked me you know, in college, hey, can you, you know, show me how to lift weights and eat well? But how many actually stuck with it? And, and the answer was like zero. So he's like, I will teach you everything that I know, but I need your commitment that for the first 90 days, you'll do everything. You're going to come to the gym with me. You're going to do the sets with me. You're going to eat what I want you to eat. And then after 90 days, if it's not for you, you can put your white flag up and say, I quit. So um, thankfully he got me to commit because if I'm being honest with you, holy smokes, th that first 30 days was absolute uh, hell. You know, my muscles are sore. Um, I had never really spent a ton of time in the gym. Everything was foreign to me. I felt like literally a train hit my body, uh, but I stuck with it. One week turned into turned into three. And to your point, it was probably a solid 90 days. Um, not that I completely transformed my body and stripped away 20 pounds of body fat, put 20 pounds of muscle in that short period of time. But that 90 days gave me enough, I guess, momentum because I started seeing results and see, started seeing progress. So I remember looking at the mirror being like, holy smokes, this is actually working. And I guess to close my thought here, I'm a big uh, fan of Tony Robbins and a lot of his teaching. And one of his, his quotes mm -hmm. says, progress equals motivation. And I think a lot of times we were, we, as human nature, we wait for everything to be perfect, all the green lights to go, or we wait, to, we wait to be motivated. But the reality of the situation is you actually have to start first, build momentum. And once you see progress, that's what actually become motivated. And I think another three months or so six months total is when I had a huge transformation. And then really that was 15 years ago and it's been a part of my life since. That's awesome. Uh, so there's a couple of interesting points I want to cover here, but so so you switched the, the, the Facebook profile to a certified personal trainer, right? Yep. And the little algorithm goes to work. 
and you get offered up this uh, opportunity, I guess, you know, and, and like you said, you did your due diligence, but, you know, um, I'm just picturing at that point, that would be like you standing on the beach holding a surfboard going, I've studied the waves excessively, I'm ready to go. And then you get in and get absolutely like hammered and somehow you end up surfing, which is awesome. But, you know, when you decided to get into this franchise and, uh, you know, a, a great franchise like FitBuddy, I'm, I'm sure, has a binder for how to mop the floor and how exactly to talk to a client and how exactly to set up your gym, has all that stuff. Yep. But to go from, hey, man, I'm never really coached to I own a business that's basically coaching centric. What were some of the stumbling blocks early on? Oh, great question. I love your analogies. I'm going to take that one because that's exactly what it was. I was watching on the shore, seeing how the surfers go, but I just jumped right in. And, um, you know, on one hand, it was awesome. It was just, you know, like I was on fire. I was living my dream, my passion. Uh, but that probably lasted for about 30 days until I realized, holy smokes, what did I actually get myself into? And my previous career, as I mentioned, um, you know, I became a, a very high, highly productive sales rep. So I was confident in the sales aspect. I knew when I got in front of a client, then I'd be able to convert them. I was also confident in, you know, my ability to connect with people and just the fitness aspect, but I was not confident in terms of my mark, my ability to market my program, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. just foundational to any business owner's success as you and your audience know. And then, um, secondarily my leadership skills. So, you know, looking back, I thought, okay, because I could sell and because, you know, I could run session and teach someone about the connect chain, I was going to be good to go, but Holy smokes, the marketing and then specifically the leadership, because, you know, it was all fun and games while I was training all the clients and thankfully had some success and then ultimately brought in new clients. And then I realized, Oh shoot, I need another coach or I'm going to hire a coach. But like, how does the onboarding process work? And mm -hmm. yeah, I had the, the, the system or the support of the franchise, but this is 10 years ago and our franchise is a completely different beast in a very good way than it was a decade ago. Um, so I think just learning trials and tribulations, a lot of like, you know, false starts and, you know, not handling situations well, not having, you know, those crucial tough conversations when I needed to with a coach or with a trainer, um, you know, if thing, if performance wasn't there. So it's kind of trial by fire, but for me specifically, the two big awakening and the big learning lessons were really the marketing perspective and then probably the most importantly, the leadership perspective, because what I realize and what I look back now, not only do you have to lead yourself, but if you want to run a business, you have to lead yourself, you have to lead others, your clients, your community, your team. Uh, and that's really what, what's made all the difference for me. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you're, there you were in Orange County, like of all the places in the U.S., like it's not foreign or odd to pay for fitness in Orange County, right? Like it's, it's kind of mainstream idea there, even 10, 15 years ago compared to I'm going to guess your hometown would be a little bit more of a battle. Like, hey, you should think about getting in shape, like, right after this Packers game or whatever. <laughs> you know, like, totally. I guess Detroit Lions, I don't know. Uh, what, what's the Lions, the yeah, team? yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I well, I'm a, I've, I've, yeah, well, I've lived here for 17 years, so I'm more California than I am from the Midwest. But I would say back in the day, I cheered for the Lions. Yeah. Uh, so what was it like? Uh, let, me, let me think of a, I'm thinking of a groundbreaker for me, but. First time that a, a client asked you for a refund, right? And which almost happens to every fitness professional. How was that? How did that go? And, and what do you remember from it? 
Well, I'll even actually back up the story first. And um, Bezos, who I mentioned, is the founder of FitBody. He invited yeah. me as a CEO in 2021 after uh, a long career of working with him as a coaching client, owning multiple locations, and then becoming the VP. But one of the things that he taught from the very beginning was to give uh, what we call a love it or leave it guarantee. Really, it's a 30-day back unconditional money, uh, money back mm -hmm. guarantee. And if you could believe, my mindset was so kind of scarcity-driven that I'm like, you mean I'm going to basically provide this guarantee, give all the value? you and then potentially get asked, you know, get asked for a refund. And at first it scared, you know, me to, to death, uh, but I ended up taking coaching on it. And the good news is that it happens in the grand scheme of things, especially if you deliver awesome service, you know, you work well with people, you can create connection. It happens, you know, a fraction of the time, but it happens. Sure. Uh, but I think that was really the biggest stumbling block for me mentally was getting over the fact that, Hey, have confidence in yourself, reverse, you know, the, the, the risk for the client, because at the end of the day, that's going to gain you way more clients yeah, and, and the when you're at the store buying groceries you're like god dang it i hope so-and-so doesn't refund swipe i hope uh, <laughs> so-and-so doesn't ask for a refund yeah but most people are there because i mean you're not forcing them to be there they're not required it's totally by choice right and they they, they want to be there as long as you're providing a decent service totally. so they're not going to ask for a refund so, but, uh, but I think to your point, and really to answer yeah. your full question, because I gave the backstory, but you know what happens? It happens to everyone. Yes, it feels like, you know, a heartbreak and it feels like you're getting, you know, a, a small, I guess, divorce with a client that you spent a lot of time in, but it's part of the beat. It's part of the beast. It's part of the process. Yeah, but I mean, early on too, you have, when you have 30 clients or, or some small number of clients and the first one asks for a refund, you know, everybody's name, you know, oh, everybody's totally. address, you know what I mean? Like, totally. It's not just, it's way different when I, I don't know what you, your numbers get up to. We have 200 clients. And you're like, they ask for a refund. It's like, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a less personal connection, you know. Um, so, hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, so there you are. You're, 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 you have this space. You're paying rent. You uh, decide to get some, some team members. So you have what I, I think. No one should be allowed to get an MBA without having gone through the stress of payroll. Like that. It, that to me, like. You don't understand. You cannot say you're a master of business if you've never experienced the the looming threat of payroll. Um, so, but you decided to have some payroll with team members, and then you said you struggled with some marketing. So, what was the struggle with marketing? Was it you didn't believe in yourself, or didn't believe in the product, or or just didn't know how to do it? Like, what was the big stumbling block for you? Yeah, I think it's actually. Um maybe a little bit of both, but actually it was just the lack of, of technical knowledge. Like I didn't really, um, in my previous career, like as I mentioned, and this is the, the beauty of being a business owner or the curse, if you will, because in my previous job as a sales guy, you know, the, my marketing team and the business owner, their job was to get the phone to ring. And then my job was to take that phone call and then convert them to a sale. But as a business owner, you got to get that phone to ring. You got to basically oversee the books. You got to, you know, basically top to about uh, down, uh, top to bottom A to Z, you have to do everything. Um, so I think that was for me, like a really, really big, you know, kind of uh, wake up call. And also too the value of why I partnered with, a brand like Fitbody Bootcamp so they could help me with my marketing efforts. So, you know, it was everything from like, you know, learning how to create content and, you know, write copy and write, you know, good email marketing that's going to be valuable, but also have an offer at the end. Um, you know, be good on video uh, and still, still a work in progress. But when you're shooting videos on, you know, at the grocery store, at your gym or with a client at first, and I, this is, you know, Dr. Justice, it bears, 
me so much, but I shot, and this is the first like probably three months of opening the gym. I shot a uh, instructional video when a new client would come on and try the program, send them video. So they had like a warm welcome and I couldn't get like a 60 second cut. It literally took me an hour and I got so mad. I fi- finally kicked my door because I was so frustrated. There's a big debt in the, in, in my door. And I kept the, uh, kept the debt, debt in the door there to remind me one of my ego and the fact that I, I've matured a long way, but also two to remind me like, everything's a skill, everything's a learnable process and same with marketing or sales or whatever the case may be. Um, so all those and more were the reasons that I, I struggle with marketing. But again, it's a, it's a, a work in progress and it's a skill set that I've acquired and continue to acquire with time. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a, it's funny you mentioned that because it's a, it is a learning lesson in the gym game. When you'll have people show up, the, uh, how would I say this? The unexpected statements of what they need to do before they start with your program are exactly like there you are at the front end of of doing video content. So you have five minutes of experience and you're getting frustrated that you can't put together a perfect video. And it's exactly the same thing we see in our in our clients. I'm sure you've had these where they're like, oh, I need to get in shape before I come in here. Or I can't do it because, and they point out one person who's like, you know, just got amazing genes and has always worked out and it's just habitual form and go, I, I'm not, I could never be like her. And it's like, there's no expectation of that. Like there's no, like we start everybody where you need to be. We don't ask you to squat 500 pounds on your first day. Like, but th- those logical fallacies that go on in our minds are no different than the ones we have as owners and, and, and coaches and everything, right? We're just hearing a different version of it from our, from our athlete or I meaning from our clients. And they're kind of rattling our cages. Like, Hey, I struggle with my ego too. I don't want to be the worst person in the class. I don't want to, you know, be an embarrassment. And it's like, yeah, that that happens early on, but very quickly you feel like, hey, I, I accomplished something. I'm not like you. You're not as bad on video now as you were, you know, day one. But it's the same thing with riding a bike. You were horrible day one, like everybody was, and now you can probably ride a bike pretty damn fast. Uh, but we forget that as humans. So it's good that you kept the dent to remind yourself, like, you know. Everyone struggles with this stuff. It's a yeah. vis- vis- visible reminder and it's a reminder like what to control my ego and have patience and also to realize whatever I'm currently struggling with, it's just because I, my skill set hasn't matched my desire, mm-hmm. but keep on going, focus, and I'm going to look back at where I'm at right now and kind of laugh like at the, like, like I'm looking at that dent in the, in, the, in, the, in the door. So Yeah. Now what's interesting is this, so owning a Fit Body Bootcamp was your first business. So that was the first business you owned, huh? It was, yeah. yep. Yeah. And as you get these, um, you know, systems, processes, binders of here's how to do it, flow charts, you know, algorithms of if this, then that, and here's where to buy your stuff, and here's who to call for this, you're getting all this. Was there a feeling like, well, you know, uh, that's what they say, but, you know, I think I should get my stuff from this guy, or I should follow this plan, or I was just looking on Instagram and this guy has a really good program for sales, right? So you, you kind of get that itch of like, well, maybe this isn't the best. Uh, and the grass is always greener, right? Like, well, I only had seven out of 10 sign up this week, but so-and-so is saying he gets nine out of 10. So I'm going to follow his system next week. Did you have any of those feelings or were you just like a total sled dog? Like, hey, just point me forward. I'll keep running. 
not a total sled dog. Um, in okay. the grand scheme of things, I followed the playbook at probably about 80%. But, yeah. you know, now seeing the franchise or perspective and going to IFA or the National <laughs> Franchise Association events, it's just littered with people that just go all, go rogue. Uh, and that's yeah, the and biggest you're like, who are these people? And they're like, that was you, Bryce. That was, that was oh, yeah. me. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, the, the biggest, the, 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 probably the biggest story I can tell you, and it's so interesting. Um, and granted, you know, the, the fitness industry, you know, has changed, has evolved even in the last decade. But uh, when we first, you know, brought clients on, we used to sell them what we call belly to belly. So they come on, they try the program for a short period of time. We'll say 21 or 28 days. 28 days is now our kind of initial trial program. And then we sit down with the new client as they're on their trial. About halfway through, we have a strategy session with them. And the strategy session is a glorified sales appointment. We have value, educate them, we assess them where they're at, their embodied measurements, and then basically get them on a plan, talk about nutrition, et cetera. And those one-on-one meetings are just so valuable because one, you're you know educating, you're able to build a relationship with the client, really assess where they're at. And then, of course, it makes you know better clients, more compliant clients, and longer-term clients because you have the relationship there. But then, of course, you know, you know, the the, the fairy uh, or the idea fairy sets in. You have this owner doing this. So then we started doing like group presentations and basically leveraging it. So we're going to leverage technology. We're going to leverage time, which there is something to be said about that. If you can create incre- increase your efficiency, you're typically going to do a lot better. Sure. But not not at the expense of the client experience. So mm-hmm. this all to say. Um, we went off tilter in terms of our onboarding process and the strategy sessions and try to make it cute and make it more efficient, et cetera. But all this to say, 10 years later, how do you think we're signing up clients? Back to belly to belly, one-on-one, like we digitally did, like the way that our founder taught it. Because yes, it is a little bit more upfront work on the back or the front end, but in the back end, better client, more educated client, more compliant client, and then ultimately longer-term client who stays, pays, and refers. So absolutely uh, spot on, Dr. Josh. Yeah. Yeah, for those who um, don't have a fitness facility, I always I always hear the statement of uh, when you get into fitness, they say retention is the third growth strategy, right? Like if you can just keep somebody on for two, three, five more months, it's amazing how much less work you have to do on the front end. If you're burning through people and you know your average stay is say six months, you you'll never get in front of that ball. Like you'll that snowball will just suck you up and spit you out. So when Bryce is saying like stay, pay, and refer. What you're really saying is you build a relationship with these people early on, and it's funny how that buy-in two years before you ever realized it bought you four months at the tail end or or eight months or 12 months or doubled the length. And uh, I think, you know, it's a good lesson for everybody listening as a chiropractor because um, chiropractor, physical therapist, whatever it is, you know, working on that patient experience on that first day, you'll be blown away with what that does for, say, referrals. Um, if you answer your phone, I mean, Bryce, how many times you, as a CEO of a company, how many times you've gone into worked with another company, a vendor or anything, and it's like, listen, if you would have just called me back, if you would have just answered your phone, if you would have just replied to my email, I would vault you ahead of nine out of 10 of the other people. Like the bar for what's acceptable these days is so low. And just that little bit of following up with a text uh, can make such a difference. Do you guys have that built baked into your system? Like, do you, after that first belly to belly visit, do you send a follow up text or email or, you know, do you see those things creating that long term relationship? Absolutely. And we have an awesome. I think I asked five questions there, so feel free to answer any of the five. (laughs) (laughs) No, no worries. I'll pick off one that I liked and then we'll roll with it. But uh, no, I mean, retention, I mean, it is everything. And it, it, it is about a decision. Do you want to basically, 
spend and invest the time up front to make the back end a lot easier, or do you want to skip on the front end and then the back end gets an exponentially you know heavier lift? Um, so yes, we have campaigns and we built a propriety software system. So now we create a campaign, a follow up code, a text message sequence, an email sequence, a task to remind the front mm-hmm. desk to give that you know new new person a call, and we have that built in and pushed out to all our franchisees to make it really really efficient. Um, but at the end of the day, I cannot express enough. Yes, systems and processes you need them. Like they're very, they make things more efficient, but I feel, and I'm guilty of this, and I know other franchisees are guilty of this, and people in general are guilty of this, uh, but taking your eye off the prize, and the prize is that client experience, that client relationship, because at the end of the day, whether you're a chiropractor, whether you're a physical therapist, whether you're a uh, you know personal trainer, primarily, those, those are all things you do, but primarily, first and foremost, you're in the people business, you're in the hospitality business, and if you lose sight of that, you lose sight of everything. So nowadays, we continue to make our processes and our follow-ups more efficient, but really our focus is to create that connection and that uh, client experience and the relationship, which is going to basically extend for the long term. Yeah, that's uh, that's good advice. So let me dive into a subject I wanted to cover with you because um, you have the advantage, I will say, of working with or being mentored by a man who uh, has... I'm I'm not sure if the sun itself has more energy or if Bedros has more energy, but I know they're neck and neck competing for, you know, who oozes more, uh, more energy. Uh, for those who don't know, I, I stumbled upon Bedros. He was a keynote speaker at some sort of a marketing event I was at, so it wasn't uh, fitness related. And then kind of followed him in the fitness path, and and he runs in some pretty powerful circles. Um, uh, so he's a I would look at him, I don't know, Bryce, you, you work with him in different capacity. I look at him as first a um, personal development person who also owns a fitness brand. That's kind of how I see him. Uh, that's, his business is Fitbody. I don't know if you see it that way, but um, and then maybe that's how I interact with him. But the man is, is a bundle of energy. Um, am I missing anything about him? I don't want to describe him improperly, but I want to dive into kind of your relationship with him and, and how it's vaulted you forward. Totally. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I first um, saw him as an incredible coach and a marketer that when, my, in my, when I first met him 10 years ago, literally um, August 2012. And that was kind of the earlier in his career, a decade ago in terms of his development. But to mm-hmm. your point now, uh, Josh, over the course of time, he's a marketer, he's a storyteller, he's a lot of things, a business owner, an empire builder, an entrepreneur. But really, to your point, he's a personal growth expert. He just loves mm-hmm. personal growth and really the, the challenges and the fulfillment that comes with that. So outside eyes looking in, that's probably what he's seen at today. Uh, but uh, but I look at him actually as you know just a salt of the earth guy, the immigrant edge story, the guy who yeah. his family you know escaped communist Russia to come to, to California uh, to live the American dream, a hustler. Uh, and just a great dude, in addition to an awesome coach, a marketer, and a personal growth And expert. an absolute monster in the gym, too, right? Like That, too. That, too. The, uh, <laughs> listen, if a, if you're ever flying over the, the Andes Mountains and, and the plane goes down, you have to decide who to kill first. I'd recommend him because his arms look like <laughs> you could feed a family of nine for a week. So totally. that's good, you know. Uh, I think it'd be a little hard to wrestle to the ground, though. Anyways, uh, <laughs> going back. So, so I'm picturing there you are, young young, energetic Bryce in Orange County, you're, you're seeing some success. Uh, and with Bedros, not just geographically close. I mean, you know, luckily you were in Orange County and I'm sure there's some fit body in Kansas City where they don't get the, 
you know, the geographic relationship. But uh, was it him? Was it you? What helped you kind of vault to where you decided to open a second or third location? Because that, that, you know, going from three to five is not nearly as tough in my experience as going from one to two. One to two, uh, I've done it a couple times and it nearly broke me. So how did it go for you? And, and what were some of the guiding lights Bedros provided to, to help you make that hurdle? Yeah, great question. Well, I mean, mentorship, getting a coach, uh, outside eyes, unemotional eyes is just, you know, so recommended. It's been a big part of my journey. And Pedro has been able to do that for me uh, and mentor me and coach me and guide me. And, you know, first and foremost, I mean, probably why a relationship, you know, developed so, so strongly over the years is first and foremost, we're very similar, uh, hard charging, you know, type A entrepreneurs, a lot of energy and focus. Um, and then number two, um, you know, I took orders, I took action, you know, I, I took the advice and you'd never believe how many times, you know, as a coach, and you know this from your practice, and your probably audience knows this through practice too, you give a set of instructions to your clients, but the compliance is actually so low. They actually take, you know, they don't take action against what you recommend, which what you recommend is going to help them. Uh, for me, I've done the opposite. I was you know, put my life savings in the business. I realized, okay, this is my opportunity. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know how I was going to do it. The opportunity presented itself to me. So I'm literally, whatever this guy does, tells me to do, I'm going to do it. So basically I'd meet with him. I'd start taking action on his orders. 90 days later, I find myself in a mastermind. You know, okay, this is what I did be. All right, here are my next three to five actions over the next 90 days. Go. And, and that's what I did. And certainly, I mean, there was a lot of trials and tribulations I shared, but I also, you know, gained a lot of success quickly. And it was really from following this coaching. Um, secondarily, it just it just so happened. Um, and that second that leap to the second location, to your point, holy smokes, um, it is no joke. Um, but um, it was a, for me, it was a unique situation. I wanted to provide an opportunity for my family, for my younger sister. So I ended up making it a, f- a family business relatively early. My wife, um, Tatiana, she joined me from day one. She's very quiet introverted. So she helped me with the back end of the business while I was doing the sales, the marketing, the coaching. And then, um, my sister was living in LA at the time and she was going going through some trials and tribulations, just living, uh, working situation, living situation. So I decided, you know what, someone I know, like, and trust that really, she doesn't have a fitness background, but she had a theater background, a drama background, mm-hmm. really, really strong at connecting with people. And then she could learn the fitness. So she basically trained at, you know, our first location for a period of time, got to know the program, got certified, got, got her spun up. And then we opened that second location. And, but that all said, while I had to trust the knowledge, the second location, if you can believe, did not grow as quickly as the first location. And it's because the systems, the processes, the guidance, and also to my leadership wasn't up to par. Um, so that's a word of a wise, it ended up working out in the long run. And now my, that second location is my flagship. Um, literally it's, uh, you know, the, the north of 325 clients. It's bustling at the seams, even through COVID, which I'm very grateful for. But the lesson is to make sure that your systems, your processes, even your during leadership COVID, are dialed comma, in. I was going to say, even in COVID, comma, in California. So let's, that's another wet blanket to lay on top of uh, the survivability of a, blank, of a business. So go, go, I commend go, go. you, sir. Yeah, I commend <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, well, thank awesome. you for that. Um, but yeah, so I guess the learning lesson is just making sure that you really are dialed in because you can't replicate yourself. I mean, you can through leadership and strategies and systems and processes, but you really have to have that in check before you, you know, really invest the funds to, to spread yourself, um, you know, to other locations. But for me, it's been right. a blessing and it's been an awesome ride. Yeah. And, I think when you go to that second location, there's like, you got to have a brand that's independent of you. Like it can't be Bryce's gym, right? Because when Bryce ain't there, he's like, what's with the Bryce's gym? Uh, But, you know, I think one thing when you expand is having those key employees 
and letting them be authentic to their voice inside of your brand is is the secret sauce rather than stifling them and saying like only have this voice or allowing them to do everything you know and and so many times we see chiropractors and physical therapists hire another doctor in their practice and they're like yeah you do this and it's like you're giving that person too much leeway and they feel chaotic because there's nothing to follow you know and uh following a you know franchises are are so successful because it's like there's no need to get creative. I'll show you exactly how to clean the windows. I'll show you exactly what product we use and, you know, where you can buy it and what's a good price for it, right? Like, mm-hmm. down to those minute details. So with that, uh, as I'm leading it, uh, you know, you are with Fit Body Bootcamp and you got a lot of people listening. And one thing I, I want people to understand is, you know, there's a, it makes a lot of sense for somebody that is a chiropractor or physical therapist. You're kicking out a bunch of people that are right there needing, that are really good candidates for exercise, right? Like when you get them out of back pain, the next logical step is how do I ensure this doesn't come back? And people often ask me that, like, how can I ensure this doesn't come back? It's like, well, you got to get stronger. You got to, you know, move better, have, you know, cardiovascular uh, uh, health helps you repair faster, et cetera. Uh, Blatantly give us the sales pitch here. I'm not hiding it behind anything I want. Why would why would it make sense for somebody maybe to be become a, fran- a franchisee of Fit Body Bootcamp? Um, success leaves clues. Success okay. leaves clues. And at the end of the day, I mean, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Um, our model, um, and there's a lot of awesome models out there too. So mm-hmm. I would highly encourage you know anyone interested um, in franchising in fitness to to look around and see you know the the different opportunities. Because for a lot of our you know owners, we're an incredible fit, but for not not for everyone, it's a, you know uh, our business model. But I would say you know first and foremost, low startup costs. Like in the grand scheme of things, for brick and mortar, very low startup costs actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Functional equipment, so. You know, there's not a lot of equipment that breaks. You have high margins, uh, which is really incredible in the service business. Um, you you have a team of uh, awesome, you know, people at HQ, which I lead in terms of our marketing, our sales department, our content creation, our videographers uh, that can consistently, you know, produce content. We just got picked up with a national story, can you know, considering the war in Ukraine and, you know, how Fit Body Bootcamp is going to help, you know, battle extreme poverty in that region. And just a lot of press has been given on the brand because again, you know, the local mom and pop, you know, fitness owner is not going to be able to leverage that, you know, from a marketing fund perspective. So, you know, their strength in numbers, their strength in a proven model, their strength in coaching. Um, mm-hmm. So those are the reasons that uh, for me, it made sense as an owner uh, and, you know, now as the brand CEO and it has made sense as well for hundreds of locations across North America. Yeah. And do you guys have any minimums you're looking for, uh, like in geographic area? So uh, you're from the Midwest. There are a lot of areas where it's like there's 6,000 people in the entire county. And I don't know if that makes sense for a Fit Body Bootcamp. But uh, for our listeners, you know, they're all across the country and all across the world. If their local area has more than X number, does it really start making sense? So I'm here in Henderson. And I know you guys have one down. I've seen the sign for one down the street uh, about three yep. miles away. Um, I'm trying to think of where else I've seen them. I've seen them in California because uh, my wife's from the area. You guys are, in, you know, yeah, here. Yeah. Um, what's a good geographic size to really consider this? 
So at the minimum, we like to see at least 10 to 15,000 people in the city. Um, actually, our okay. most successful franchisee, Matt, Matt Wilbur, dear friend of mine, um, is based in the west side of Michigan, on the other side of the lake of Chicago. And his first location, Grand Haven, has 10,000 people, and he does over a million dollars in revenue from that location, very high profit mar- margins. So that's at the minimum. Um, and then the max is, you know, obviously, you know, the, the, the max is LA. The, you know, the sky's the limit. Yeah. yeah. But interestingly yeah. enough, every you know demographic and area has its own kind of intricacies etc. What we also find is sometimes, you know, the mid the places like the Midwest, which seems a little bit more counterintuitive, that aren't as fitness focused, there's a lot more opportunity actually because there's a bigger need, right. there's less competition. So the model works well, in Orange County, which is like the fitness me- mecca of the world. Yeah, every also, single fitness franchise in the world is has a location in Orange County, right? Everyone. Yep. So yep. every, you know, Orange Theory and Barry's Boot Camp and everybody has a location there. But if you go to uh, some, you know, St. Charles, Minnesota or something, you can be the anchor, right? Like they're like, this is the introduction. And if you're at the right price point and you're, you're getting those referrals, you can own that city where it gets a point where no one else can break. Nobody can open another franchise. Cause it's like, yeah, that they, they, you're seeing a, a, what do you guys call that saturation level? That's unheard of here, right? Like 10% of the city works out in our gym, whereas you could never pull that off in San Diego. Like, although San Diego is an incredibly fit place, you're not going to get 10% of everybody. So totally. And to that point, actually, a good friend of mine who's actually in our coaching and profitability team, our franchise business coaching team mm-hmm. named CJ Workamp, he literally dominates and owns the city of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He literally generated <laughs> $105,000 in revenue, not for the year. I'm talking about in January because the guy is the mayor wow. of the city and now he's opening two other locations. So, you know, the sky is the limit and there is something to be said about, you know, yeah. some of these local towns in the Midwest just absolutely dominate, assuming they follow our coaching, get the business off the ground like they should, yeah. you know, through through our support. Yeah, I think it's, I think it just makes sense for a lot of people listening to consider that because there's two things really here. You have the synergistic relationship. Number one, you're, when people are going to discharge from your clinic all the time, a very common question is, what should I do next? And it's like, hey, you should work out with our coaches in our program. Cool, where do I do that? And it's like, oh, you know where the, you know, Albertsons is and down the street? Yeah, in that, there's a, there are locations right there. Perfect. It allows you to have this a separate cash-based business. You know, I don't, you probably don't know. We struggle with insurance reimbursements all the time. They suck. They're difficult. They take time. When somebody's paying you that monthly membership, uh, MRR is just it's a gift from the gods. You know, you're like, I don't have to fight for this. I don't have to do an application or pre-authorization to ask for this money. This is awesome. But the flip side of that is the other way. One of the most common reasons, in my understanding, that people stop fitness or um, leave fitness is an injury. Well, if you had the ability to go like, hey, just go right to our clinic and get you tuned up, you eliminate a large portion of that and therefore you could have the most successful fitness spot in history because if you could quickly treat everybody that's complaining about, oh, my shoulder, my low back, my neck hurts, that's an advantage that most other fitness facilities don't have. And so, you know, you see that kind of synergistic relationship and, uh, and just people want that confidence from their, their providers too. Like, where should I go? What running shoes should I buy? What foam roller should I buy? Which to us is like, what foam roller should you buy? Like, that's a, such a low level question. It's like, no, that's somebody that's looking at you as a trusted member of their community and saying, I value your advice, you know? Yep. And yeah, like yeah. That, the Amazon basics brand, that's by far the best foam roller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Anyways, but, well, but as I we think wrap, to, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. To, to your point, there's just something to be said about that being in the industry for yeah. 10 years. I mean, you know, we, you know, in any given moment, you know, think we're blessed with clients. We have clients out on injury, their back goes out, you know, their knee, you know, so having that built in synergistic, I mean, to your point, I just want to acknowledge and I guess uh, validate what you said, because that's so, so true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it gets overlooked how, uh, how, what an advantage is that because the best clients in the world are typically also the ones that are, let's say, you know, the advantage of people over the age of 40 is they start having more money and more ability to do things like sign up for fitness programs. At the same time, their body is going, uh, no, <laughs> like that knee, you know, that you tweaked in high school. Yeah. That's going to rear its ugly head or all these things. So I, I don't want people to discount that. Um, if somebody is interested in, in kind of pursuing this and kind of getting the skinny on, on going down this path, they just want to feel it out for themselves. How can they get more information about you guys? Yeah, so um, you can follow me personally at um, all my social media handles, and uh, my website is Real Bryce Henson, not to be confused with fake Bryce Henson. So, yeah. uh, realbrycehenson.com, and then also social channels, and of course, just our general website, fitbodybootcamp.com, um, would be a great place to find us. And just for everybody's knowledge, Bryce Henson is H E N S O N, not Hanson. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Well, I would love to have you back on sometime and talk all about uh, leadership and, and that side of the coin now that you've moved up from uh, lowly janitor to CEO. Uh, <laughs> I would love to hear the, the story of the stumbling blocks on the way, you know, and uh, how you overcame them and what recommendations you have for people. I love that. Well, this has been an awesome show, uh, Dr. Josh. Really appreciate you and love yeah. what you're doing here. And uh, thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. So on behalf of Bryce Henson, this is Dr. Josh Satter saying, go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Thanks so much, Bryce. All right. Thanks, Dr. Josh. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. We've got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.